Hello, and welcome to Survivor Stories. My name is Jacob Little, and I've created this podcast for survivors. When I say survivors, I mean survivors of child abuse, survivors of addiction, survivors of the prison system, survivors of domestic violence, survivors of institutional child abuse. I'd like to give a trigger warning. This podcast will be real and raw as fuck. We will be interviewing survivors and also services that are helping survivors on their journey. Having lived experience of institutional child abuse and the prison system, I encourage all survivors to speak up. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Laurie and she is a women's counsellor. How are you going today, Laurie? Good, thanks, Jacob. How are you? Very well, thank you. And I'm very excited to have you on the show. It's, um, it's been pretty cool, you know. We've, I think this, is, this will be our fifth episode. And from our last couple of episodes, I think Laurie heard one about Nella, a story about Nella, and she reached out. And she's actually a, um, a counsellor, a women's counsellor. So she has a lot of things that I think will benefit our listeners and she can help out in a lot of different ways. So I just wanted to get a quick little rundown about what you do and, and how you help out in this space, Laurie? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been a therapist for over 10 years, but um, recently started training in counselling and I'm doing my grad dip in counselling at the moment. Um, and I have a passion for helping people with developmental trauma. So that means the trauma that you get when you're in childhood situations. So um, sometimes when we have unresolved issues from our childhood, it can manifest in our adult relationships. So that's my passion to help people heal that side that they may not have had a chance to um, so that they can have better functioning adult relationships. Excellent. So how's all your studies and stuff going? Yeah, it's good. It's full on. It's full on because um, with psychotherapy and counselling, you have to do assignments about yourself and be reflective of yourself as well as, you know, so it can bring up stuff if you haven't dealt with it. And it's, yeah, it's good. It's it's really good though. So. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Since, since you've been working in this space, and I know for myself and I've had lots of other people reach out to me, um, they sort of have different issues starting um, the process in, in speaking to a therapist. Maybe, you know, back in the day, they might have had a bad experience with a therapist. Um, do you have many people coming through with trust issues? Yeah it's, yeah, it's really interesting because I have had a lot of clients that have seen other counsellors or other psychologists um, and if you've, you've had a trauma background or have had abuse in your life, opening up and being vulnerable to a therapist can be quite scary. So if you're, if you're thinking, I, I do want to get help, but I'm feeling a little bit nervous about it, that's a totally normal feeling to have because um, when you go to therapy, you are vulnerable because you don't know this person. Um, and the relationship between you and your therapist is non-reciprocal. What that means is it's one way. So you will never know much about your therapist, but they know everything about you. And that can be triggering for people because they're like, do I, what are your, you know, can I trust you? What is really, what, are, what is your intentions? And so it can take time. And that's where 
trust is really important between a therapist and a client and it can take time to de develop that um, especially if you've been um, somebody that has had childhood abuse and you know your parents might have abandoned you or the people that you loved in adult relationships might have abandoned you so you might have had layers of senses of people leaving you or causing you harm so to be open with a therapist and tell them tell to tell them all your dark secrets can feel vulnerable and that's a totally normal process and the therapist if they're trained well they know this um, and their job is to build rapport with you over a long period of time it can take the people that have got really complex issues it can take quite a long time for you to fully open up to a therapist yeah yeah i agree with that you know um it's very hard to find somebody you can sort of open up to and talk about your deepest, darkest secrets. I know for myself, you know, things changed a lot in my life when I started talking about things that I've been through in my past. And, you know, I've got a few things that happened to me when I was younger, but not only that, you know, um, it can be even just general day-to-day -day stuff and open up and talking about it. It helps out a lot, even in, in everyday relationships, if you're frustrated with somebody and, and you don't, open up and tell them that, you know, it can build up, bottle up, and you don't know how it's going to come mm -hmm. out. So I think it's very important. Um, so mm. what, what do you think is a sign of a good therapist? Yeah, it's that's a really good question, Jacob, because if you've never been to therapy, a girlfriend of mine asked me the other day, if you've never, if you're not in the industry, you don't know what to look for. And you, when you go, if you just go to any therapist that a GP might refer you to, you may not know if what you're getting is normal or whether they are a good therapist. So the most important thing is that the, the therapist is really trained in trauma. So if you've got a trauma background, that's an important part. You should never feel that the therapist is judging you. So if you're feeling like they're telling you what their opinion is about your life or what you should do that's not therapy that's a life coach so proper therapy is honoring that person and seeing them not as broken but as whole so a, a true therapist will see the positives in you they won't try and diagnose you or label you um, they're all about unconditional acceptance of you as a person and holding you so if you had parents that weren't there for you and didn't give you the love nurturing that you deserved a true therapist will then become that holding space for you to love you or not love you but to guide you and hold your pain um, it's called it's a term called transparency where the the counselor will then hold your pain and nurture you while you work through things. So that's the first thing, you shouldn't feel judged. You should really feel that you can trust them. Um, if they make you feel uncomfortable because it's, some women don't like to go to male therapists because they have issues with men. I've had that myself in the past. And same with, same with men, they might prefer to go to a male therapist. So that's, um, an important thing you should be able to feel that you can tell them how you feel so if you're feeling uncomfortable with something you've said you should be able to feel that they're not going to like um judge you 
they should be warm and caring. They shouldn't come off as cold and dismissive of you. Um, what else can I say? Just trying to think off the top of my head. You have every right to ask them to see their qualifications and asked if they're registered. They should never ask you to prepay sessions in a pack, like in a huge pack that you can't commit to. They should never exploit you financially um, and they should never work beyond their expertise. So a good therapist will actually say to you, no, I need to refer you on because I, I, don't, I don't know if I can help you. Um, so really go with your gut. Um, they shouldn't take offense if you say, look, I'm, I'm, this isn't working for me. Um, you know, can you give me some guidance as to where we're going? They should, they should be willing to work with you and actually tell you what the point of the therapy is, what like style of therapy they do, because there's so many styles. It's like a tradie with their tools, tool set. Um, and they should really be clear in, you know, what the relationship is, what the boundaries are so that you're, you don't get confused as to what's okay and what's not okay in that relationship. Like, can I call you on the weekends when I'm upset? No, that's not really appropriate, but these are the resources that I can give you. There's some examples. So I, is there any other things that, that you had questions about that I didn't cover? No, that's, that seems pretty good. I have a couple other questions I'd like to ask outside of that though. Yeah. Um, what should you expect? What should you expect? when you're sort of reaching out to a therapist, first time walking in the door, um, mm. yeah, you don't really know what's happening, you might be nervous, afraid. Yeah. Well, what do you think you should expect? Yeah. Um, the first session, there's lots of therapists works, work in different ways. Um, but the first session, usually the, the counsellor or the psychologist will want to um, go through any admin stuff with you so um, you know they'll get you to fill in a form that says your name and your background whether you've had any medication whether your um, what your GP details are if you've had self-harm or thoughts of self-harm just to give them an idea of the amount of risk that you're at whether you you need someone more experienced or so on so you fill that form out um, you bring it with you and they usually will go through it with you. Um, they'll talk about uh, the contract, which is like confidentiality. Like if you say something like, Jacob, if you said to me, I want to go kill my neighbour because I'm angry, the therapist will need to report that because it's harm to others. So they'll go through stuff of the limits within the relationship. They should explain a little bit about themselves um, and the style of therapy that they do. But really that first session is about you and you kind of offloading what's on your mind immediately. Um, you yeah. might actually, a lot of clients are, you know, by the time they've got the courage to see a therapist, they're, they're so built up with stress, psychological distress that they need to emotionally vomit it all out and have a cry and just get it off their chest. And that's where the, the therapist will kind of work with where the client is at and what they immediately need. Yep. So with therapy, they should always, a therapist should always make sure you're okay. So we don't want to touch trauma 
Like if you were my client, Jacob, I wouldn't start asking you about your childhood straight away. I would make sure, are you sleeping right? Are you exercising? What kind of friends and support systems have you got around you? We need to build you up as a person to make sure that you're safe outside in your world before we can actually start doing interventions or what they call interventions, like the actual therapy. Yeah. hope that makes sense. No, it does. That's good. I like that. That's really cool. So how long have you been working in space for? I started out in as a kinesiologist back in 2008. So I studied uh, mind-body modalities for a couple of years. Um, kinesiology is like a, it comes out of chiropractic, but it's an understanding of Eastern meridian systems. So I did that for a while, worked with clients. Um, I studied more energy work like Reiki, and a whole bunch of other alternative medicines. But when I was working with clients, I realized I was only so far I could go. There was a lot of emotional issues coming up. So back in 2016, I studied a diploma of counseling. Um, and then I started practicing as a counselor. And now I'm going that next step postgraduate um, post studies in counseling alongside uh, a lot of trauma training that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, why do you think um, survivors of, of abuse should go to a trauma-informed counsellor? Yeah, it's really important. Um, I've had a few clients come to me recently saying that they've done years of CBT. CBT is cognitive behavioural therapy, okay? Um, and that is the model that's approved through Medicare. Okay, so if you're going to go to a psychologist, you're going to get cognitive behavioral therapy um, because that's the one that is evidence-based and the one that they can um, measure. Uh, the problem with that is, yes, it can work, but exposure therapy can be re-traumatizing for people. Um, so it's important to go to a trauma-informed therapist because if your therapist isn't trained in trauma or aware of it, they can re-traumatize you through what they call transference. Now, when I say transference, what that means is when you are vulnerable and you've got a trauma background and you go to a therapist, they might look like your abuser. They might sound like someone. They might say something that's triggering. Um, they might have music. They might have weird they might have things on the walls that don't feel right with you. And if they're not trauma-informed, um, you can start looking at them and start seeing your, your parents or that's the, that, that is what they mean by transference. You can start personalising that person as like, oh, Jacob, you kind of look like that dude that, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So if the, if, the, if the therapist doesn't know how to handle <clears throat> your distress and they just don't react well or they tell you to think positive or they just they don't know what to do with you you can actually get re-traumatized and, and you actually end up worse than when you walked in that session so mm -hmm. that's why um it is really important to ask have you had any training in trauma because i think that i have complex post-traumatic stress um so that you're comfortable in that space. And then they will know how to work with what they call a window of tolerance. So the window of tolerance is when I'm feeling cool, like you and me right now, Jacob, we're in the window of tolerance. None of us is having a angry out, 
burst or nobody's nervous, no one's getting agitated, we're, we're cool, we're just cool, right? If I'm feeling triggered by something you said, I go out of my window of tolerance, I start getting like stomach, my stomach might get tight and I might start getting like anxious and agitated, um, but I don't know what that is and I can't tell the therapist. If the therapist is trained, they will be able to see it in your body and say, okay, let's go back down. Let's let's re-regulate that system. Let's get back down to like the cool. So if you can imagine like a roller coaster, we're going out and then we want to come back in. Um, so I forgot the question. We got. <laughs> um, what were we talking about again? We're so I guess that's that, why, um, why it's important yeah. to um, choose a, someone that's got it an understanding of trauma so that yeah. they can recognize your cues yeah. um, in your body and what you're going through. And they can actually start to say, look, I'm noticing that um, your breathing is becoming shorter. Are you feeling okay? Are you comfortable in the room? Yeah. So hope that makes sense. No, it does. That's really cool. Yeah. So um, are you, have you got many people that you're helping out at the moment? Are you busy? Have you got sort of time to maybe um, talk to people that are listening to this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing a lot of Zoom. Since COVID, a lot of my clients have been through Zoom, but um, I am in Sydney. If anybody needs a therapist in Sydney, um, I do see clients um, from my home at the moment. Um, I do prefer face-to-face so I can gauge where your body's at and everything but zoom still works well i have worked with clients through zoom um but yeah um it's a, it's a changing digital age isn't it yeah it sure is and i, I suppose if we um if we went online talking about what we talked about we wouldn't have bumped into each other so how can people um find you on instagram what can you spell out your name for me i will tag your page to this profile but just in case some people yeah, um, yeah sure um my instagram handle is women's with the s underscore therapy um and i've got to make sure i get the website right <laughs> um <laughs> it's uh lori l-o-r-i lim l-i-m for mary dot com dot au don't forget the au um <laughs> Yeah, that's how you can find me. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, uh, you know, I see a counsellor. I don't see him as much as but maybe what I should, but I know when it's things are starting to build up on me, you know, I, I know it's time to go and see, um, see someone to talk about what's stressing me out, what's maybe triggering me. But on top of that, you know, I think it's always it's always good to do other things outside of talking to a counsellor like you know your, your health is always a big thing exercising um do you think that exercising and working on other things like maybe like meditating or visualizing do you think that could help out in terms of trauma you mean or just in terms of stress management yeah stress management yeah definitely all those things i think you've got to find something like i see that you're into boxing you've got to find something that you're passionate about um yeah. that you really enjoy but um, for trauma people, they recommend uh, martial arts, actually. One of the, the leading psychiatrists in trauma, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, says martial arts is really good um, because it's grounding um, and you're, you're activating parts of the brain um, that need that prefrontal cortex concentration. 
that's why they also recommend yoga. Yoga is also really good um, for trauma because it's, um, you know, it's, it helps you reground your body, which is what you need when, if you, if you've had trauma and you tend to dissociate, you need something that's quite uh, in your body, like something like that. Um, meditation can be triggering for people, some people with trauma, because it, it asks you to, it's very, what they call frontal cortex focused, what they call top down approach. So meditation can be a little bit difficult for people that dissociate. So if, if meditation doesn't feel cool, don't do it. Um, do something that's more grounding in your body. Like you might even want to just go and put your feet in the sand at a beach or put your feet in the earth. Something that's going to reconnect you with your body and make you, because the brain, when you're having a flashback or something, it, it's like frozen in time and you actually aren't present in your body. Um, so you want to do something that's grounding. That's why I love weight training because I can, I can feel my strength and it's, it's quite grounding. Um, so, you know, weight training is another good one. Boxing, you know, that's also a good one. <laughs> yeah, boxing is really good. Yeah. What, what do you think is, is the best way for a survivor to start their, their healing journey? What, what would you recommend? It really depends on where they are in life. You know, have you ever seen the Maslow's hierarchy? No. The little triangle? Okay. Maslow has this triangle and it's like the basic needs of a human being. So at the bottom, you've got sleep, you know, food, shelter. Then you've got like connection. And then you've got like, um, you know, purpose in life. So if you've got a client that's almost homeless and hasn't got an income, you're not going to be worrying about talking about any of that stuff. You, you really want to start building, working with what they need first to feel grounded and to, to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> what was oh, the question? So good. Now, how do you recommend a survivor should start their healing journey? Oh, yes. Yeah. So how they should start it is, is um, they, they really need to recognise where their immediate needs are um, and <clears throat> get the support systems they need around them, whether that's saying yes to help, that there's a lot of people who have been uh, victims of narcissistic abuse, which most of us are, um, they need to really say yes to help. And that might be difficult because I've always been a people pleaser. Mm. So saying yes without feeling guilty, realising that it's not your fault what happened. Um, and a lot of the negative beliefs that go in your head that's like this automatic pilot of saying that you're no good, blah, 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 not recognising that's not really who you are, that they're internalised tapes of your abusers or they're internalised messages of people that didn't love you. And, and knowing that, giving yourself self-compassion to say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And you deserve better. But that's going to all take time with therapy. But the first point is to just realise that you're on a long journey. Like if, you, if you've been someone that's had a lot of emotional pain and a lot of confusion and a lot of re-traumatising events, you're not going to be able to think differently overnight. It's like 
your neurology and your thoughts are like muscles in your body. The more strength you give your thoughts, the stronger they get. So you have to be compassionate about your healing journey. Like if you've always hated the way you look, six months into therapy, you might still have that core feeling. That's because you've thought that way for 30 years. You can't go to the gym once and then expect to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger within two sessions. It's going to take time to rewire your cognition to start healing. I don't know if that's answered the question, probably gone off on a tangent, but knowing that it's not your fault is the first step. Getting the resources around you, uh, making sure that you're getting enough sleep. Um, food is really important. Um, the other thing that not a lot of people are aware of is their gut health contributes a lot to mental health. So if you're always eating fast food, drinking like crap, smoking, taking drugs, it's not going to help. You need to start investing in proper whole foods. It doesn't have to be expensive, even if it's just cucumbers and lettuce and some tomatoes or whatever. Go to your local supermarket, buy probiotic because the gut lining is like your second brain. That's where, that's what they say is like um, the more good culture you have in your gut, the better functioning your brain is. And that's a whole other thing I can go on to, but I won't because we'll be here forever in a day. Perfect. Hopefully that's some that's good, good tips to work with. Just if you're in immediate distress, try and looking after yourself and getting the resources you can. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So just one more time, how could... Um any of the people listening to the podcast find yourself if they wanted to reach out and have a yarn? Yeah, sure. You can um, email me at laurie at laurielim.com.au. You can reach out to me via Instagram at women's underscore therapy. Um, and you can find my website at laurielim.com.au. Sure. Well, um, thanks for um, being on the show today. And uh, I think we'll get you back for around two. Maybe we can talk about some other stuff. I know there's um, yeah. some other things that we could definitely get into, but that's about it awesome. for today. Thanks, Jacob. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Always, um... I would like to thank everyone who is following Survivor Stories for being a part of our community. If you would like to follow our journey on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at About Time for Justice, which is spelled about A-B-O-U-T, time, T-I-M-E, for, F-O-R, justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E. There is no spaces. That is all one word. We also have Twitter, but unfortunately we could not get the same name. Our handle is about time 4 ju one We also have a website, abouttimeforjustice.com. We also encourage all of our listeners to jump on to our closed off Facebook prison support group, which is called Beating the System. You can find all the links in this podcast in the details section below. We would love to hear your story. If you would like to be a guest on our show, 
please hit me up if you found any value from this podcast. I would ask you to pay a small fee. And of course, that is only if you found value. We do not charge or run any ads at the moment. I ask if you could please subscribe, leave a review and to tell one friend about our show. Mm-hmm.